Hello and welcome to the Real Estate Hot Topics program, Lee Woodward here. Today I've returned to my homeland of where my own real estate career was, DY, and one of the most powerful professional new modern agencies in DY is a business called Novak. And the leader, director, founder, person who does everything in the building, can still listen to sell real estate and understand what's going on in the world is Mr. Mark Novak. He joins me now. Mark, welcome to the program. Thank you, Lee. Thank you for having us. When did you start in real estate? Uh, it was 1994. 1994. How old were you? 17. At 17 years of age, you went to the real estate space, and there's a lot of 17-year-olds as leverage agents listening to this audio right now. What I want to speak to you about is not only your own journey, but your observations of being a leader today, building real estate salespeople and professionals. I want to chat about how and what we need to do to be better in this modern working world. Now, our listener can't see you yet, but if they click on the link below, they'll see the beautiful video clip of your incredible office, which is on a main road. We've got some live sirens coming past just for our uh, interactive working. (laughs) But even where you are here is just a stunning fit-out. But we'll go back to the beginning. How did you cut through as a salesperson? What did you do well? What were your habits? Look, as a salesperson, I, I worked in a couple of different offices, so it's okay, you know, swap offices and things like that. But how I started was I, um, do you mean at 17 or do you mean in sales? Well, you came in at 17 as like an apprentice PA, so you were doing office duties, but when you actually got to sales, yep. what made you know you were going to be good at this? Doing a deal. I think I think that was the main thing. And then a good principal will tell you what you have to do. A good dietitian will tell you what you have to eat. And actually following that, I didn't realise, but when I respected somebody, I would follow them. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like acting. Do you know what I mean? So they said, this is what you have to do. This is the act. This is how you have to do it. And they had, you know, my principal at the time was, uh, he was a champion guy. I could really identify with him. He was very militant. I followed his lead. First point here for our listener that I want to point out is, Mark, you were coachable. And I think a lot of people, I know it all. I don't need any help. I can get this done. I've listened to an audio. I've seen something on YouTube. How's that serving you? I was the same. I'd hear an idea from my principal and I'd do as I was told. I would give it a run and then you get a result. Yeah. So I think sometimes we're so resistant to failing or we're so so resistant to information coming in because we don't want to be seen stupid. I think back then we were both stupid, just did as we told and it worked. Absolutely. Being coachable is an important part of being an exceptional real estate agent where people will open up to you because I think that comes across also when you're actually working with the consumer and they think you're approachable, coachable and approachable come in at the same time. Take us into that first time in sales. How did you generate business? What was working for you back then versus what we have to do now? My first principal was a guy called Nick Vaycop. He's passed on, uh, bless him, uh, in DY. And Nick had a hard business where he'd been in the business a very long time. He knew what worked, but he would train and he would say, this is what you'd have to do. And it was, it was very, it was the EAC multi-list days where everyone was on the caravan, on the caravan, multiple listings. So it was a very hard grind because he wasn't identified business. People didn't, he wasn't an attraction agent. So it was get on the phones, get on the phones. 
And when, when I had someone, it was always quite funny, when I had a buyer with me, I just didn't let go because I didn't know what was normal. So I'd happily go out and show the people five, eight, 12, 15 properties at once. And I, for me, that was normal. Do you know what I mean? He was like, don't let go of them until they bought a property. So I'd go through that EAC multi-list book and just keep showing, keep showing, keep showing, keep showing. And straight away, that started winning me business and I started doing deals. Big takeaway here for our listener that's thinking, how does this connect? Buyer management is the second highest lead source in the country, but it's also the number one neglected. When we say to people, just go to the open, it's rude. When you take people in your car and get to know them and then find out they own one up the road and then they realise you were helpful, your name gets passed on to so many people. Massively. It's such a low-hanging fruit. And what you were doing back then, and we were laughing about this today, was central locking selling. You lock the doors. Great wording. We were laughing ahead off. It's well said. And, you know, how do you sell real estate? Lock them in. Whereas a lot of people wouldn't do that today. You know, we've done four opens. No one's bought it. So what do we do now? Well, you're going to need to sell it. Very rarely that the person who rings up on a particular property buys a particular property. It's usually within a different, the formula might be a better house in a different suburb, but they don't want that suburb. No. So I think the world's come full circle, especially in the change of market we've seen. So buyer management was getting your leads. You're getting in front of enough people each week, working for a traditional leader. And Nick had that classic moment where he would measure up rooms at a listing presentation. Take us through that. Oh, that was awesome. So we're talking about it before where Nick uh, would pull out this tape measure and he'd, he'd measure up, so he'd beat the listing presentation, he'd walk in and next thing you know he's measuring the lounge room length and the lounge room width and writing it down, not on purpose, not saying a word. And then the person will look at him and he said, oh, look, we have a lot of international buyers. They buy sight unseen, so we have to give them the measurements and the photos. So is it okay if I continue taking the measurements? And it was, it was unique for that client to see that, you know what I mean? So, and that was something you called today, what did you call that? Uh, moments. Winning business is about moments. It doesn't matter which one you pick, you're just going to know how to sell it. It was a moment for the client where they were like, ting, international buyers, bang, no other, four other agents we had through did not do that. It was a moment. So whether that was a moment to win the business or not, it's irrelevant. It was a moment that, that gave him a point of difference. Tick. What happened with your career after there? You left that agency. What happened next? I continue measurements. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I moved to a company in Freshwater. Now, this was an attraction agency because I was so used to grinding it so hard with clients. I, I was just this animal. Do you know what I mean? So the hustler. I, I was a hustler, really. Do you know what I mean? Cause they were gentle. You were fierce. Yes. You know what I mean? And I was when I was there, I was, um, I was 18, 19 years of age and it was just when I rocked into the office it was just game on and the guys around me were experienced so I just followed their lead. What did you learn there? I I worked with an an amazing bunch of guys, an amazing principal, a structure you know, Brana at the time uh, a very interesting character the good parts were his structure, he was militant so if we were all moving in one direction we all moved in one direction and it was clear so we really resonated in the community because everything we started doing was being noticed because we we're all sailing in the same direction. So he taught us that structure. I could genuinely hustle. I was, I was taught how hard it was from calling private ads is just what I did. Of course I did that. When I put someone in the car, I just drove and drove and drove and drove and showed and showed and showed. And of course I did that. I was just a very strong agent from day one from walking in there. Where did you move to from there? 
the group we're in at the time had 700 reps in Australia. I was number one in volume. I was number one in dollar value, and I, and I wasn't even 20, counting the principles on the network. I did a lot of volume. And what's volume then? How many deals would you be doing? Uh, to give you an idea, I was doing 235 was my last quarter. That was 20 years ago. Wow. So I, I guess, you know, it was big volume. That was organic sales. It wasn't projects or anything like that. It was organic sales. We had a very good market share, you know, having a ball and, and you know, living at home. I was very adamant about investing. So that's another great thing my principal taught me. It was annuity was a big thing he taught me. So always create that annuity. So whenever I made money, I was buying a property every year and I still own those properties. It was a big thing that I learned from that. That gave me the the sounding board to open up my own agency at the age of 23. 23 years of age, you've opened your own agency. In your mind, being a professional salesperson is the driver. How did you find the reality or the truck hitting you of being a business owner? Yeah, I didn't really have anywhere else to go, you know, once I put myself in that corner. And I think the young age, it allows you not to calculate and just to jump in. If I calculated it, I would have done it differently or maybe I even wouldn't have done it. It was much, much harder. You know, I, I always maintained that I was earning more money back then at that age with no, you know, responsibilities, no, responsibilities, no, no bills than, than any year that I've ever done. Do you know what I mean? But I'm doing also what I love. So it's sort of, it's, you know, the money side, but followed on that trajectory as purely a salesperson, not a business owner. It was a beautiful trajectory. So, you know, coming into my own business, I had to learn. And fortunately, I was that young and I was a byproduct of my environment where I had to learn how to manage people, how to train staff. Um, I didn't know anything about property management, but I'd already had um, 530 managements because what I also did in the, for my former company was I kept purchasing the rent roll while I was there. While I was purchasing properties, I was using any equity I had to purchase into the rent roll. So I got to 51%. So when we moved, I, I took the rent roll with me. 89% of the owners in the rent roll said, yes, let's go. And that's when we moved to DY and the Northern Beaches and, and started the company back then was called the Novak Agency. We're now Novak Properties. It was interesting what I learned very quickly. I had to learn property management, had to restaff. Yeah, it was a lot of things very fast. Now, your wife, Lisa, is in the business. Yeah. So it was the two of you in DY when that kicked off? Yeah, look, I remember sitting on the balcony with Lisa and she's like, why don't you do your own business? And I said, like, I can joke. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um, there is no way, like, I am blah, blah age and I am making blah, blah. And we just did blah, blah uh, and blah, blah holiday. And yeah. why would we, like, you know, we're in a really good place. No. Yeah. And things change very quickly. So the business opened. At work. <laughs> yeah. So actually I was, uh, I was at work, I was terminated for other reasons at work. Good story there as well. I was left no choice but to move um, the rent roll with those shareholders that I had into DY within two weeks. So Lisa was always a great strength for me, a big supporter. My parents, her parents, they were always like, go, go, go. But we had small kids. So it was hard at that time, you know, for Lisa to commit to anything. But she great. She was always that strength for me. A sounding board, yeah. I could bounce anything off. She had that business mind. So then she started leaning towards marketing in our business more. Then she went full tilt in that. And then as the kids got older, she started anchoring into the business harder. So she, she went from that marketing to the GM side and then from that GM side into sales, which is a new career for her the last 12 months, which has been a ball to watch. We'll touch on that because Lisa's break into sales has been explosive as if she was just the profile built pedigree to 
come in and just she yeah, is just incredible. killed it. Yeah, and I can't, I honestly can't take much credit for it. Obviously, strength for her, yes. Um, supporting, yes. But you know, the deals that she does are self-generated deals because often you think, of course, Mark's throwing business her way, but you can't as a business owner because you've got to look after every, you know, everyone equally in your business. Otherwise, you lose your sales team. <laughs> so very so. true. She's organically created an, an enormous amount of business within 12 months, yeah. No, and done it in a very modern social media marketing, strong, powerful businesswoman way herself. I can see how she's attracting her own audience there. Yeah. Back then, when, you know, Novak Properties started, you're there slugging away, you're next to the kebab shop, you have those days where you're like, what have I done? Especially when you were a high-paid sales performer. I say to a lot of sales agents, if you have the chance to plug and play and you love selling real estate, never open a real estate business. It's a different occupation. What's your view on that? I agree. I think you play to your strengths. Opportunities present themselves. I've always been, like I'd say one of the traits I'm most proud of is my loyalty. It's been, you know, loyal to my, to what I love. I think that you know, if you truly enjoy your business, you know, just don't change it for the sake of I should be doing my own real estate. You may get to a stage where you just think, no, there's more. You go for it. You know what I mean? So I encourage it. It's certainly not a dollar productive exercise. Maybe it will be in the end, but I think what's been dollar productive for us is our passive investing in property along the way. But certainly when you compare that after you pay your taxes and you sell, you, you dissolve your business and you pay if there's, if we don't have any partners, but you pay your partners out, which most real estate businesses, uh, if you look at that egg compared to the other eggs that you laid, you know, by buying investment property or you're enjoying your home and stuff like that, it's like 80-20. That's the difference. So I, I think that if you want that legacy and you want that annuity, do it with property. But if you want that kick and you just, you know, that's your thing, your property, you want to do your own agency, then go for gold. Today, I'm in the most stunning, beautiful office fit out. It looks like a nightclub. It looks like it's just so welcome. It's, I've been in a lot of offices. I've never been in one like this. I've seen some church renovations. I've been speaking here today to your team. I had a beautiful lady serve me a coffee, the barista coffee from the reception that looks like a bar. The vision here is just incredible and an exciting place to work. Thanks, you are Larry. definitely the modern real estate business. What was the thinking behind this? It just kept evolving, and that's some advice I just gave then. What's the saying? Necessity is the mother of invention. So with that, we just, again, played to our strengths. Well, Lisa was always known as the platter queen amongst all of our friends, and it was a joke that if you came over to our place, the platter was hardcore. You know, and however that happened to Lisa, I don't know what happened in her, in her childhood or however she got she got to that, but, you know, that was her strength, and I, and I loved my coffee, and... We loved um, our office replicates our home. If you looked at either or, you'd think you're in the same place. So it was just that's what we just naturally loved. It's and an extension of who you are. Yeah. And then we looked at the environment of offices and our previous office was lovely, beautiful, and it was glass conference rooms. And these conference rooms were empty 95% of the time. But when they were all full, it was so frustrating. And, then you know, two people sitting in these monster rooms and then I'm looking, I'm looking in these coffee shops and there's people in 20 metres squared the size of a garage and they're having six meetings, six different people having six different meetings. I'm like, hang on a sec, why can't we do something like that? Why can't we have that environment? So we created that cafe environment because we could literally cram more people into a smaller area and it actually created more comfort. So 
we find that when we're running our meetings, it's quite funny. We'll sometimes even join groups. So we'll have a developer come in and then another developer come in. Next thing you know, we're all sitting at the same table having a conversation about different stuff. So it became more social as well. Events, Christmas parties, whatever. It, it's, it's worked in so many other ways we, we do hadn't calculated. And then upstairs is like the industrial urban feel of you can see the air conditioning unit, the nicely painted, there's a groove, the concrete. You know, it, it's got an amazing urban feel to it. It's been a very, very good move. Can't recommend it more. When you drive into DUI, it's the first building you see in DUI, so it's a prominent position. You know, we waited for a long time for the right building. It was hard because... It's, it's a gateway property. Yeah, and it was expensive. DUI is a, a unit area, so anything you buy on the main road can or will be developed, so it was hard to find something. You know, I think if someone's to come and replicate something like this, it's sort of not true to yourself either. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to do your own thing. You may be into boxing or, what, you know, like whatever, they may have a different environment or, you know, there's memorabilia up or whatever, but everyone's different. So, yeah, we're proud of what we've done and we feel pretty honest about it, yeah. Today you're a sales leader, a director. You're taking the business in a many directions but a modern direction and this is the key part of the interview. Now we understand the journey. Mark, today, what do you feel the next sales professional needs to have within them to succeed in this different game that we're in today? I know when people talk about properties, they say, oh, look, I'm going off the tangent a little bit, but to give you an example is they'll say, oh, back, back in the old days, it's much easier or it's much harder. Yeah, everyone's got their own perception of, and, and relating that back to a salesperson, I think fundamentally, you know, it's the same DNA and it's the same style of person and it's a bit like Walt Disney casting for an, a- an actor for a particular role. If you've chosen that that's the role that you want to be, I don't think that's changed. Do you know what I mean? So if you've walked into a real estate agent's office and you've said to the, the HR person, I want to be a salesperson, you know, you can do that. If you have that that hunger, if you have that passion um, if you have that necessity, you will fill that void. So I think in changing today, I think going back to the core of the question, I think if you've got that hunger, you just got it, yeah? You know what I mean? Like you would just do whatever you need. Again, a little bit off the tangent, Lee, debt or commitment, it fires that hunger. So to dig another layer underneath that, yeah. one thing that I've stupidly done my whole life is got into honest debt. When I say honest... It's been, or most of the time, it's been, uh, I shouldn't buy that, borrow that much for the house, but I will, but I'll make it. I shouldn't buy that investment property, but I will, but I'll make it. That's driven me. That's fired me. And I notice myself and my patterns, don't, if I don't continue that path, it's not out of greed that I, I will keep going. It's just out of necessity because I know that fires me on. So to go back to the modern real estate agent today, I still fundamentally think that you've got to keep swimming hard. You've got to keep your, you know, as soon as you, you're, you're out of the water, you'll stop swimming. So keep yourself up to the neck. Honest debt, push yourself. How it's changing, uh, I know there's the, there's probably different colours, but the blacks and whites are the bloody same. The different colours, a big thing that, you, that I'm a big fan of what you do is agility. You know, like some of the technology that you, that you, you promote and talk about, I think, that real estate agents really have to be at the core of what's working and let's feed it. I think it's really important. What a powerful answer because you're right. 
the ABCs of real estate will always and always will be, always be closing. Yeah. Who are you having that conversation with that can progress further? Just 20 progressive conversations today will get you there. It won't be 2,000 emails, 600 text messages. It is that real-life conversation. And I think the industry try to get away from that, and then we've just seen a change of market, and the guys with the technique, not the tech, have actually done really well. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's the analogue work is smashed through at the moment because they had the best relationship. They have been eyeball to eyeball to enough people to make that return. And that's been refreshing for us to watch because it's like, okay. You know, and then we've got people starting their career at 50 now. That's exciting. Yep. And they've owned coffee shops or they've had businesses and thought, geez, how long has this thing been going on? So, hang on, I get, what? I don't have 100% of the expenses. And when can I plug and play? And you serve coffee. Like, yep. it's a good gig. But there's still that moment to realise, and you said it before, playing to your strengths. What do you do for a gig now? Well, we know your title, but how does Mark Novak spend his week? Look, it's typical days. I start early and I um, blast out the door with Lisa. We go for a walk for an hour. We'll um, shit shower shave in the car by by seven. Um, one of my reps, one going through some intensive training. With we talk from 7:30 to 8:30 in the car and go through his diary, my diary, what we're up to, deals and things like that. When I come to the office, not a lot of structure, probably a lot of chaos. That's probably more more my DNA. That's your management by running around, like you can get yeah. yourself into the gaps. And it is, and and like someone, I remember distinctly reading about order and chaos, and you know the beauty that comes out of chaos, the creativity, the art, the ideas, it's fantastic, but. Then there's order, and that was like the, that's the production line, getting shit done. You know, that's that order. A thing that I, th- I think is important in part of my day is that um, blending that chaos and order together. It's a bit like countries, Russia for the revolution, the music, art, and then China, bang, 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 get it done. It's a bit like sales and property management, you know, chaos and order. But as soon as you can blend that as a salesperson, you've got terrific chaos and terrific order, and you start implementing that, you do well. So I'm probably more that chaos. To answer your question, I'm putting initiatives in place in the company permanently, putting um, ideas and tech into the company and then rolling it out permanently. So not that it's this is my great idea, guys, and we're not doing it six months later permanently. A working example of that is when you go to one of our open homes, we see about 300 people on a weekend. They will get a video from the person that conducted the open house. The person that conducted the open house will be saying, in 60 seconds, thank you so much for coming to the open house. Some things I wanted to mention to you that I may have missed about that property, blah, 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 is blah, blah, blah. Then that'll come through to them as SMS with a Facebook link. They can only watch that video if they click on the Facebook link. That's our bridge from social, off email and into social. So next thing you know, they're watching the video. What a great agent for doing that. They really care about me. Who is this person? They may like them. Next thing you know, they may come up again on their feed because they've already watched a video on their feed and then that relationship starts, particularly with strong reps. They want to know, they kept seeing them everywhere, they want to know more. Then we hit them after that with a um, tri-call, which is a call that comes through at about 4.30 to 5.30. So you've gone through a rental property or a sales property, but let's use a rental property. You've got a video from the person thanking them for coming through, telling them more about the property. Then you get a phone call from them saying thank you and that's all done automatically for the reps. All the rep had to do was a 60-second video on their on their Facebook account, their business account, and all that follow-up's done by the office. And that's something we permanently do. We're hitting 1,200 people, 1,600 people 
in a month. Nobody's doing that. That's the stuff I love, 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 love doing. And it's creating personal relationships, you know. Believe it or not, we still call them on the Monday and have a, have a good old chat, but yeah. I've just worked out your job here. You are the delivery driver. Ah, not the cleaner. You're driving delivery. So that's going to be a cut through and social and we need to link these dots together. An idea is an idea till someone drives it to activation and it's in the marketplace. So driving delivery, you know, it's interesting. I'll say to a lot of principals sometimes, and if I offend anyone now, I hope I do not. But yes, you know, sometimes a principal will say to me, you know, my teams aren't doing this, aren't doing that. And I'll say, yeah, it's interesting. What's the last three game changes you brought to the business that improved their life? And they'll go, what do you mean? What have you done? Who keeps you accountable? You know, what's the last three game changing projects that you've brought to the business? And I think as a leader today, that's your job to improve the life of others. If it's lead generation, lead conversion, the premises, the coffee, Whatever it is, that's your job, and that's why you're the delivery driver. And keep going. And something I should mention, that link that goes out as a video in SMS, it's not the company's Facebook account. It's the rep's Facebook account. That was psychologically a big move for me. <laughs> like it, was, it was like, hang on a sec, I'm doing all this work, and I'm going to give their business page a wrap, not Novak business page, but that's the way that it's going, and you just got to let go. Big statement from me. But people have always bought off people. So if you look at everyone who ever listed for you, I remember being at a listing presentation one night and I worked for the First National Network at that time and the lady saying to me, no, no, Lee, we're all set to go with you. We always said we'd go with Ray White. Right. As I put my thumb over my swash and signed up the authority, but people buy people. They don't know where you're from yet. It's changed. Brand can support you. Brand can get you into some doors. People will always buy people and what you've done there is perfectly in line with that. Yeah, okay. That's a good point. But it's changed because I was quite proud with how many office-generated leads we created for our team recorded on a monthly basis compared to how many self-generated leads that were done. And the big thing there is the office-generated leads, they're finished. They're gone. Why? Because it's all personal, person to person. You know, so they're going through an agent selection process. So this, you know, our company is stronger than ever. Our figures are stronger than ever. But where have my office generated leads? How can I go to my reps now, beat the chest and say, that's how many lead we, leads we bought into the company? I can't. But they're still doing more figures than they've ever done. What's interesting is they're doing that digital interview themselves without the real estate company or without the real estate agent. They're just consuming what they know through the signboards, the social, the newspaper, realestate.com and they're aggregating and making a decision to call the person. They're bunny hopping eight nine seven eight six triple eight. Bunny hop straight to the mobile. I want you to come over to my place. I know I like what you do. It's changed. Scary. Social selling, connecting with people are always going to be with us. Final question for you. Mark, in your job as the delivery driver and bringing projects to life, and I can see why people follow you, if you want to be a leader, you need followers. And people follow a production leader. You're not mucking around. You'll get this stuff done. If Mark says he's going to do it, watch out by this afternoon, three coffees later, something's going to happen. Hundred Versus, yeah, you go to all these conferences, you say all this stuff, but you never follow through. And successful people complete things. I just notice that myself. And if you've got that impulsiveness to, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it hard over the next three days and put a big dint in it, people start to think, wow, you're a person that gets stuff done. What's two things you are passionate about that you want to bring next to Novak that will improve the business? Social media, 
I'm really passionate about people will be consuming real estate without major portals. That means that the real estate agency will become a marketing and media company more than they ever have. They will be producing content more than they ever have. And I think in a scary, scary way, like, you know, a a company like ours, we have 250, 300 properties for sale or for rent at any one time. That's an enormous amount of data that we've got to get out to promote those properties. And if you take the major portals out of that, that's a big job. Well, I had this conversation with your team today that you guys are in the multimedia business. You just happen to be selling real estate. It could have been shoes, bikes, cars, Land Rovers. Yes. Multimedia. We are no longer in Corflu. No. We are in multimedia. You are a multimedia hub who happens to sell real estate. Yep. And to take that an- another notch up, it, it, can you imagine that you want to rent in DY a two-bedroom unit for $600 a week? And at the moment, I think people are spending, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's something like 37 minutes a week for an average Australian on realestate.com and they're spending 20 hours a week on social media for an average Australian. And when you look at that, can you imagine that that's what you really, really want and that's all you get served up when you're on your 20 hours a week social media blended with other stuff that you love? You know, it's all about you. It's your own channel you've created on social media. You haven't realised, but you've created your own Lee Woodward channel on social media by consumption. So Lee Woodward wants to rent a $600 a week unit in DY. He made an initial inquiry. Bang. From that day forward, from that second forward, you are served up not five-bedroom units or one-bedroom units or a 1000 a week. You are served up DY, 550 to 650 two-bedroom units until you've consumed. And it knows when you've consumed and it takes you off that. And it sounds foreign or it sounds scary, but the media's been doing that for 10 years, five years. You look at Kogan, for instance, you look at something on their website, next thing you know, you know, toasters are following you around everywhere on the internet and on social media and everywhere you go, property's next. This is such an interesting conversation. The most fascinating thing for me in social right now is Facebook's marketplace, the garage sale that never ends. I just purchased from French's Forest, which is, what, 20 minutes from you here, a piece of equipment for $6,500. I was on Facebook Marketplace looking at the garage sale that never ends, and an ad pops up for a piece of international webinar technology with the distributor in French's Forest, who was a lovely company, and they did the greatest surface. Talk about knowing this person, Lee Woodward, must be involved in media. He must be involved in public speaking. So why my wife's account showing shoes, I'm being shown a $6,500 piece of equipment. And this is the funny part. I love it, found me. I didn't know it existed. And I'm ecstatic over this purchase. But I didn't even know the brand existed. I was ecstatic there at French's Forest. I drove down, the guy met me, showed it to me, and a piece of business has been done. And I said to the guy, by the way, your Pearl Mini 2 found me on Facebook, and he started laughing because he's never been a Facebook marketer. He's just been told about sales funnels. and But I wanted him to know as a business owner, I didn't even know this thing existed. Correct. I love it. I'm so happy with this piece of equipment that I didn't know existed. But I'm stoked Facebook knows do not show this guy 
shoes, cars, suits. He is in multimedia production. That's my life. Yep. And that's that two-bedroom unit moment of click-through. But as we all know, Facebook's about to go back into dating, and the dating side is frightening. Listen to this. I can put a crush on a lady. Well, I can't, but someone could put a crush on a lady, and she can't see who it is. But if she has a crush on that same person, it connects them up. Mark, what happens when you can put a crush on a house? If 24 Lincoln Avenue ever comes for sale, I want to know about it. What if you could nominate your dream homes, which is property nominations? Yep. That is where tech can go. I'm not worried about our job, Lee. It's more exciting. I, th- I just think we're the soldiers that go out and implement it. And not be afraid of it. And not be afraid of it and truly, truly embrace and have fun with it. And, and you know, a big thing that we struggle with is repetition, you know. So, you know, in the marketplace, oh, we see you guys everywhere, we see you guys everywhere, we see you guys everywhere. And it's like, in what world is that actually bad, apart from how you're saying it right now? In every other world, that's actually really bloody good. So we've got to get over those barriers. And it, you think to yourself, oh, yeah, you'd never have a barrier over that. It's incredible how many people do. It's a majority. It's change. It's scary. It's different. It's foreign. People run from it. Run. So it's exciting embracing it. Mark, incredible interview. And I want to say congratulations on being one of our modern real estate business leaders, owners. And for those of you listening to this audio, below will be the video footage of the actual office and what you've achieved. But congratulations. You and Lisa have just I know, brought so many wonderful things to the real estate space. And I think definitely you're going to attract a different human being to work in real estate in the future as they work in your one team model. It's a good culture here. Everyone's got each other's back. And it was an amazing opportunity to be here today. Thank you very much. And, and something that I just like encapsulate a little bit, first of all, Northern Beaches, shameless plug, buying, selling, <laughs> renting. We're, we're a big team. We can look after you and we do a great job. But to you and the time you've spent with us today, Lee, I'm not, I'm not motivated in any way to say this. Um, there's no cash being passed over the table at the moment. I've been in the industry for 26 years and I think it was the most powerful two hours that I've ever seen with training that you did for my team today. Thank you very, very much. You know, I've known of you forever being in the business, but it was the best investment of time and money that we have ever made as a business in terms of training. And um, your focus is incredible. And I just really, really appreciate working with you. So guys, anyone out there that's listening, implement more of this stuff. And if you can get opposite Lee, uh, you know, unbelievable. So well done, mate. You've, you've, you've created an amazing um, job for yourself. And a comment that I, I made to Lee before, guys, was, was I asked him what animal he was and he looked at me in a strange way and I said, mate, because whatever animal you are, <laughs> that last two hours, you are right in your space. You are doing exactly what you were meant to be doing. It's a pleasure to watch someone at their craft sharpening their blade. You, yeah, well done, mate. Thank you for joining us. All right. <laughs>